Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from The Heart Church and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, church. I hope this message finds you well on winter storm weekend. Hopefully by this time you've shoveled out your car or your walkway or your driveway or whatever it's going to be. Now I'm recording on Saturday. The storm is still alive and well. I got to get out there and shovel still, uh, but uh, it's great to be together. Great to worship God. And it's great to really connect in the word. And Ephesians chapter two is going to be our text this morning. I have two points. And it's the first point is redirected. The second point is rerouted. You know, on, on days like the, these, I'm reminded of uh, a couple of years ago when I was working out of my office in New York and there was a winter storm coming. And I said, well, I'm only a 20 minute drive from home. I'll just leave a little later. And that was such a mistake. Because by the time I got on the road, traffic was berserk. It was crazy. And my GPS just kept rerouting me. Obviously, the point of the GPS was to get me home, but it just kept reroute, reroute, reroute. You know, it kept redirecting me. So I'd get home. And what was supposed to be a 20-minute drive turned into a two-hour drive. I finally got home. But, you know, in life, sometimes we need to be redirected and rerouted spiritually sometimes we need to be redirected and rerouted and reminded of who God is and what he has done for us and in this letter Paul writes to the Ephesian church in chapter one he's just so excited praising God on who he is in chapter two how he starts chapter two is he reminds them of where they once were and how they've been redirected Okay, so let's let's look in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start in verse 1, and we'll read out a little bit here. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his love, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And again, my first point is redirected. Redirected. He says, he starts out in chapter two, says, as for you, which kind of draws attention, as for you, he says, you were dead in your sins. That is the consequence of sins. That the wages of sin, in Romans says, is death. That's the consequence. He says, you followed the ways of the world. You got your directions from the world, in other words. It says, you followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That is the devil. And he said, you lived to gratify the cravings of the flesh. You, we did what we wanted to do, lived how we wanted to live, say what we wanted to say. We lived in total disregard to God. And we didn't, you know, when, when, 
when Jesus is not Lord of your life, man, anything can go, right? It's about me. It's about my self-centeredness. It's about what I feel. It's about what I want to do. It's about people. And we were disregarding God and disconnected with his love. And the Bible goes on to say that we deserve God's wrath, that we deserve the consequences of sin. That's where we were. And that's what Paul was trying to remind him. He's like, you were at this one time there trapped by sin. If there's one thing we all have in common, it's that we have a sin problem. Sin and its trappings, being trapped by sin. You know, some years back, uh, there was a movie that came out entitled 127 Hours. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a heart-wrenching true story. 27-year-old Aaron Ralston had been climbing in the narrow canyons of Utah all alone when a dislodged boulder fell on his right arm, trapping him against a rock. I mean, think about it. He's trapped. All he had was a small knife, a video recorder, a little bit of food, and some water. No cell phone. Even if he had a cell phone, little reception. And on top of that all, he didn't tell anyone where he was going. He's in the middle of nowhere. Trapped by an 800-pound boulder. And there was no moving it. And he was trapped for days. And this is what the movie is about, recounting, you know, his days, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. You know, before we became Christians, you know, we could see clearly the trappings of our sin. And then as we started to study the Bible, you begin to see the clarity of, you know, the Bible becomes like a mirror and it shows you who you really were and how you're really living. And it shows you what sin is. And it, it, it tells you about the sin that you denied even in your own life. And, and it begins to free us, right? As we're studying the Bible and we're so inspired by Jesus and, and we, and we see clarity and we see light at the other end of the tunnel and we see how Jesus has freed us. And, and, and it's a great time in our life. But now we become Christians and life happens and challenges come along and temptations. And although we've been forgiven of our sin, we can still find ourselves trapped and fallen into sin. And we, we, you know, we can get disconnected with God, disconnected with the kingdom. We can lose our gratitude, all those things. And we can be trapped. And of course, when you're trapped, you can't stay trapped. And, and that's that, that's the point. Is that when you're trapped, you can't stay trapped. Ralston, this guy on this hike, on this mountain climb, had no one to help him. He didn't even tell anybody where he was going. He was solo. And I just think that's a great example of, you know, when you are alone spiritually, when you are solo spiritually, when spiritually no one knows where you are, no one's in your life, you're not communicating, you're, you're not in contact, you're not connected, that's a dangerous place to be spiritually because no one could help you. And that's not about even just you. It's like you're not even in a position to help somebody else. 
And when that happens, we can so easily find ourselves trapped. Again, we start to live by our own cravings, our own desires. We're following the ways of the world. We start, uh, you know, start taking cues from the enemy, Satan. And during times like that, we have to really take a step back and say, hold on. What has God saved me from? We have to go back to the beginning. Go back to what Jesus has already done. And maybe you're not a Christian right now. And look, I mean, look, you, you have such a great opportunity to really connect with Christ and be lifted from that trap of sin, that 800 pound boulder that traps us, traps our life and traps our heart and traps our mind. But we really have to be in tune with growing in our faith. Second Peter tells us if we're not growing in our faith, it says ultimately we become nearsighted, blind, and we forget that we've been cleansed from past sins. The key for us is to go back to the beginning. You know, if you've been feeling trapped as a Christian, go back to the beginning. Remember where you started from. Remember who you were without Jesus. Remember that, 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 that time where you first picked up the Bible and it began to click and God began to redirect you. Remember how he raised you up. You know, remember how that gratitude you felt when you started to really understand God's love and what he was trying to save you from. Sometimes we just need to go back to the beginning and remember. And that's what Paul was trying to help them, the Ephesian church, to remember. Remember how God redirected your life. Remember what he saved you from. Remember how you were trapped and Jesus lifted you. See, when we begin to remember the beginning, we have a refreshed heart. We have a refreshed mind. We want to we want to serve God. We want to know him better. We want to be connected with one another because we're just so grateful and we remember where we once were. So God redirects us, but the thing that he also does, church, is that he reroutes us. Look at verse 4 and 5 again says, but because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us. In Christ Jesus. I love that whole transition in verse 4. But God. But because God. In his love. His passion to be with us. Is what drove God. To go to a cross. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But Aaron Alston. As he was trapped there. The story goes. He started hallucinating. And having visions of what his future son would look like. He didn't have any children, but it's almost like his mind jumped ahead. And in his, and he said to himself, I have to meet my future son. I can't die here. And it inspired his will not to give up. 
but to figure out how am I going to get out of this? Now, if you know the movie, I'm not going to get into the details, but if you know the movie, he took extreme measures to release himself because he was willing to do whatever. And how this idea of his future son, he wants to meet him. That's what inspired him to take extreme measures. I think about the cross. The extreme measure God took to be with his children, that he would not give up, that he would endure any pain, any sorrow, any hurt, any rejection, any insult. What God was willing to do because he wanted to be with his children. That's what inspired Jesus us. And I think if we forget that kind of love, we can really lose appreciation and gratitude, not just for what God has done, but for what God is doing and what he will continue to do. I don't know about you. Sometimes I don't like myself, man. And it's like, how does God even like me? No, man, God loves you. God loves us deeply. And as for me, I wrestle with this a lot. And I got to really hold on. I think of Isaiah verse 49 and verse 15. You could read it. I'll just paraphrase it real quick. He says, I will not forget you. He says, see, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. I have engraved your name on my hands. I can't forget you. I can't let go of you. I can't stop thinking about you. You are mine. You are engraved forever on my hands. You are engraved forever on my heart. You know, God is intensely in love with us. So much so, Paul goes on to say, he says, he says, I pray that you could understand how wide and high and long is the, and deep is the love of Christ. He's like, I gotta pray that you could understand that sort of love. See, that love needs to be the source of our inspiration. That when you're feeling trapped, you say, I gotta get out of this. I'm loved too much. I, I, I can't stay here. I can't stay trapped. You know that, you know, Aaron talked last week about knowing God better. Well, what should inspire us to know God better? It's this love, this love that he has for us. You know, what should inspire us to connect with the kingdom and encourage our brothers and sisters and, and to really build up God's church? It's his love. Well, what should inspire us to say no to sin? It's his love. It's what God has done for us. Now, here's the reality. It would be enough for God to save us from the pit of hell and bring us to heaven. But the Bible says that he does more. He does even more. It says, he seats us with him in the heavenly realms. You know, we get a seat at the table with Jesus. We get a place of honor with God. You don't have to sit at the kid's table anymore. Now you sit with Jesus at the table, a place of honor. So that in the coming ages... He's going to show us the incomparable riches of his grace. I think about that. What does that mean? Incomparable riches. You know, recently, Elon Musk just moved past Amazon's Jeff Bezos as the richest man in the world. 
Jeff Bezos' net worth is about $187 billion, quite a lot of money. Elon Musk's net worth now is $270 billion. That, that's pretty rich. Now, the thing about this is that you can compare Elon Musk to other rich people, Jeff Be Bezos being one of them, and you can kind of quantify the amount of wealth he has. Okay, $270 billion is quite a lot of money. It's hard to imagine, but at least I can quantify it and I can kind of wrap my brain around it. It's, it's somewhat tangible. And, you know, maybe if he decides to spend all of his money, he could spend it. But the Bible says the riches of his grace and kindness cannot be compared. There is no good comparison. You, you can't compare his grace and his kindness. It can't be quantified. You know, we can't put limits on his grace and kindness, the riches of his love, because there's nothing to compare it to. Now, it's one thing if Elon Musk decides to spoil you with riches and wealth and give you nice gifts and good things, but yet it's quite another when God does it. When God pours out and lavishes his grace and love and mercy with you, for you in heaven. And I just think about this, this God that we serve, church. Heaven would be enough. It really would if we just got there. But he says, I'm going to pour out so much love and grace and mercy in your life that you can't even compare it to anything else. Paul's writing this letter in jail to the Ephesian church. He's in jail and he's just excited about what God has done. He's excited about what God is doing. And he's excited about what God will continue to do, how he's redirected and rerouted our life and how he's freed us from the traps of sin and set us free. And what awaits us is something incomparable. This is what excited Paul, even from a jail cell. This is what inspired him. And as disciples, we need to remember those things too. Let's never forget, church, how God redirects us. Let's really appreciate how he's rerouted our lives. And let's make a decision to really grow in our faith and appreciation for God, knowing that what awaits us is something incredible. And so, church, I hope that we remember where God has taken us from, where he's bringing us, and what he'll continue to do. And I hope this encourages and inspires your faith. Thank you so much, and God bless. for listening to The Heart Podcast. To learn more about The Heart, visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.